0: Three, two, one. Well, Ooh. to the Slow Down Podcast. I got my friends with me. It's Orion and Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Song? that's our music Ooh, that's our music that. next season don't no, we can't do that people love our intro
1: music I was about to say that all across the US man the one thing we hear more than anything is hey man I, man, I really dig the podcast learning a lot Passing it on to my friends but just out of curiosity is there any way I can get that intro music like like a song <laughs> all by itself <laughs> I had a dude last week told me that he hits replay on the intro music <laughs> four or five times, and that's his gym warm-up every day. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: I have to talk to Steven. I bet he can um, whip up, uh, you know, three to four, five minutes of just straight, straight audio on that. We could do it, man.
1: But in a serious note, welcome to the Slowdown Podcast. Yes, Hope you enjoyed that new. Side little intro song one of a kind, maybe never done again, live from Tony, and uh today we've got sort of a special podcast in just regards to we're not going to offer up the normal four to five minutes of fun banter, but in the heart and in the spirit of not having a long podcast, we're going to spend the rest of our time really diving into this very important topic, something that is pretty life giving something very dialed in on something that God himself has invited us into.
0: And we're going to need all the time we can to unpack this thing, right? It's true. Yet we need to hit the ground running. No making fun of each other. No No short jokes. No no bald
1: jokes. No no overweight redheaded
0: jokes. Nope. No human growth hormone yard gnome jokes. (laughs) None of that. None of these things shall be discussed. Nope.
1: On this podcast. We're talking about discipleship today. We're talking discipleship. about this, this very near and dear invitation of Jesus, the one in whom we dwell as believers, the life that He's given us to walk in these things. This is a conversation that comes out of uh, what we call the Reclaim 7 conversation, the mission to disciple. And I think the two things that we definitely want to make known here, right? Right out of the gate before we dive into what, you know, some of the practical implications of what's this look like kind of coming out of our podcast from last week. Two things. One, where does the growth happen? Where does the change happen in our own lives in this process? And two, we just need to take a real quick look at uh, where does the movement come from? So when you're talking about discipling people to walk with Jesus, teaching them to walk with Jesus, one of the things that we often hear, Tony, you even heard about this today, right? You were I did hanging out with somebody, right? Discipling somebody today in a coffee shop and some people behind you were chatting. And based off their comments is this idea that we often, we find this everywhere we go that, Hey, I know that Jesus said this and I love this, but I'm not seminary trained or I'm not a pastor or I can't speak like so and so. So, like, you know, this whole like discipling other people to walk with Jesus—that's not really like my thing. Um, but yeah, I need or this idea
0: like I'm never going to be like this person. So, yeah, you know. But, I,
1: but if I work on it, right? If I work on it for a good long season, then maybe I could arrive to that place that I could walk in these things.
0: Maybe. And that's
1: that's. So <laughs> this amazing. guy
0: was like, "I'm not even going to try." She was talking about her friend who has a heart for people, can spark you know, spark spiritual conversations, you know, like right away, Um, seems to be like someone who's pretty, pretty extroverted. Also seems to be someone that's pretty obnoxious. Uh, she, (laughs) She didn't really talk about how other people were appreciating her ability to get quickly into these conversations. But she was like, this girl whatever her name is, I forget. She's like a disciple, like a disciple in the Bible, a disciple. (laughs) (laughs) Like me, I can never do that. I'll never be that.
1: I can never get the conversations to that place quick enough. I can never do it. Yeah, and so that's just something we definitely hear. And um, so I think just one thing we want to note, just to keep in mind as we go into this conversation, the call to disciple people is something that Jesus has given and extended to every single believer. The whole church. The whole church, day one. And it seems that Jesus knows that there are a whole number of things that we can never really learn or, or truly know or even be shaped by or shaped in and through apart from walking in them. Hmm. That a lot of the growth that we sometimes are looking for that we're wanting to see in our own lives, it seems that Jesus knows that a lot of that's going to get fleshed out. That fruit's going to be, it's going to be bared in our lives as we walk into things that he's put in front of us. Yeah. it's almost as if he's saying there's so many things that you can't learn apart from true dependence. Right. And nothing will drive your dependence upon God, like like stepping into the call to love and disciple other people to walk with him. Yeah. And he knows this. And so we just want to make known to everybody listening on this, that the call is for you, the call is for me, the call is for us all. And the growth that we're often looking for is going to happen as we walk in these things that we're going to be diving into. It's not something you fully develop and then go do. It's something you learn and you're shaped by as you walk in them.
2: Yep. I think we understand that on most other levels, right? Like no one thinks that you learn how to play baseball or basketball just by sitting in a room and hearing people talk about it. Right. you You always go and actually have to buy a book,
0: bro. You buy a
2: book and you listen to a
0: podcast on it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you learn how to play baseball.
2: Right. Right. Or anything else, you know, if you're, if you're a doctor or, or whatever, like sure you do some study, but there's also this critical element of actually going and practicing and following around other people that are doing it. So we understand that. But for some reason we don't apply that to discipleship and the church context. Very true. It's like Karate
1: Kid all over again. Mm. <laughs> I'm showing my age right now. I was that kid in the early 80s watching that on the rented VCR that my dad picked up for the weekend. <laughs> and, uh, story. That's how I played Super Nintendo, man. I rented that mug. <laughs> remember, like in that movie, he was he had a book opened, and he was practicing karate in the living room trying to learn how to defend himself. Mr. Miyagi looked at the book and looked at what he was doing and was like, what? <laughs> You could read about this, but to really learn it, you're just going to have to go walk in it. So I think it's cool just for us to note that. And I think it's also important for us to realize that the movement that Jesus is talking about, this, this spread of the good news through witnesses, right, that are loving and discipling other people into the good news of Jesus, that movement comes from people who haven't believed yet. Yeah. And that's crucial, man, just to take to heart and mind as we dive into this conversation. The Yep, that's a great point. When Jesus right, gives this call to the church, he's talking to the only believers, right? And then, of course, the few people that they're connected to in the world. And, and, and Tony, as you talked about in our last episode about the harvest being plentiful, it's already there, it's ready. There, there's no work that we need to do to get that ready. That's, that's something that God's done. But I think, it's just, I think it's neat for us to understand that. I mean, don't Don't think of discipleship and go, yeah, who are the Christians that I can gather with and disciple? No, 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 no. The, qu- the question is, who in and around you can you go love and serve and walk with and point to the things of Jesus as you walk with them to the point where they begin to walk in these things? This mm-hmm. is what it means to disciple someone. And again, in Jesus's context, the, the call to go and make disciples begins with those who aren't yet disciples. Right. I think a friend, uh, a new friend, I should say, a guy named Sam that I met, the brother of uh, one of the supporters of the Table Network, a dear friend of mine here in Fort Myers, His brother was in town from LA and I was hanging out with him and he's in the process of starting this podcast that he's doing in a small garage and it's sort of aimed at the motorcycle riding community. And I was talking to him about it and I was like, so, you know, Hey, why, why do that? Isn't there a lot of stuff out there around that? And he says, well, man, a lot of people I work with are like Harley, right? Indian, some of these companies, and they've got all the old business already. That's what he said. He said, what they need is new business. In other words, they need new riders. He said, Hmm. He said, but the issue, man, and and like when it comes to riding motorcycles is there's a really cool motorcycle culture out there, but it can be real intimidating to people. Like there's a, there's a vibe, there's a look, there's stories, there's people they talk about and events they talk about. And if you're not familiar with that, you really feel on the outside real fast. He said, so me just being a guy that's, that's a pretty avid rider, but kind of new to the game compared to a lot of these other dudes. I'm setting up this podcast to invite guys in to have these conversations and talk about sort of this culture in this world, in a sense, to bridge a gap. And that's why it's such a good service to some of these, you know, bigger companies that are out there. They want new riders. Well, you're gonna have to make writing less intimidating. And that's
0: where I come in. I just remember hearing that going, man, that's, that's so it, right? Like it's the, such a good analogy to, I think the conversations and the mission that we have as a network is we're, we're looking at the whole entire church. We don't just, we don't just, we don't just exist for, you know, church planners with a silver tongue and, you know, 500 grand raised. We're not just looking at, you know, we're not looking at, you know, lead, lead pastors and, you know, professionals, man, we're looking at just, you know, students, CEOs of companies, UPS drivers, right? Coffee roasters, everyday people, stay at home moms, working single moms, um, you know, whatever, the whole entire church. And we're saying, man, God's invited all of us to come and participate in this work that he has done and is unfolding in the world. Yeah, man. That's it. We're talking
1: about uh, just loving on the people in and around us. We're talking about new writers jumping into right,
0: this movement that Jesus has started. And it's sad because the conversation has turned into, um, it, it's gotten to the point where uh, this gal at this coffee shop today would say, I can't do that. That'll never be me. Right, right. So there's a version and a vision of that, that in her mind, even though as I kind of like overheard some of it, like she's a person of faith. And I even watched her disciple a friend across the table without her probably even knowing, right. She was present with her. She was listening. She was sharing her story in light of her. She was even reminding her of God's heart and God's character. I was like, dude, this is discipleship right here. And then she has this, thing where she was like yeah I I can never be that I can never do that I wanted to be like dude you're doing it you're doing it right now that's the the
1: beauty and the simplicity of this and that's how it spreads and that's how lives are changed if
0: we're passionate about that then we got to be passionate about this but can we go just really quick on that example I think the whole intimidating thing I think there has been a lot of years of sermons and books and trainings and conversations and different things around the idea of uh, discipleship, discipling, evangelism, even though we kind of broke down, you know, the false dichotomy there last episode, um, it, it has become intimidating. And it is almost, it's almost like this it's almost like this big kind of hairball monster you know that's kind of like collected all these paradigms and, and 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 shapes on a board and books and conferences and and podcasts and sermons and um formulas and 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 alliterated words you know and all that and it's almost like this big thing that's like do what is it what is it and how do i do it and how do i like participate and i think sometimes it is very very Intimidating. So like what what would you guys say to someone who's listening in who's like, Man, I really want to do this, but yeah, I'm really connecting with this. I am intimidated. It is intimidating. Um, I think there's a fear of no that we naturally carry.
1: Uh, I think we're we're fearful to hear no from people not interested. Hmm. Right? I don't want to hear anymore. And so I think what if, if what often happens is we'll just sort of pull back from the conversation and why but we probably made a god out of yes. You know, as a as a, a friend down in Naples, a guy named Kurt was sharing that with me with his own insight, and I thought that was that was so cool. And I, I've been there. I've made a God out of yes. I think there is this uh, this picture of the church and discipleship, right? You, you've got the Instagram, you know what I'm saying? The few Instagram people that are out there with the, you know, 400,000 to a million followers that are preaching these messages, and this whole like professional get up that goes with it, and
0: I think and the dope shoes that come with it too.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, ah, I'm not that. So I think if, if I had to say anything to anybody is it, it is nerve wracking. I um, it can be hard. You can find rejection, but here's the good news. Jesus is with you. He's gone before you. The work's never been dependent upon you. The dependence that you'll find in this will drive your own discipleship and you'll see God move in you probably just as much. And if not more than you'll see Him move in the lives of the people around you. hmm. And I think once you kind of start to see the simplicity of how this can unfold in the everyday corners of life, which, you know, we're going to be diving into here in just a second, I think you'll find that not only is it something that Jesus has invited you into, but it's something that you really truly can do as you walk with him. And so I would say fear not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I find myself saying the same things, but I find myself being in the past, that person having an idea of how it should go, you know, without the actual... The reality of it, or the practical aspect of it, in a lot of ways, my story—that's kind of where God brought me. Is man forget leading anything or even like training anything? I just wanted—I I just knew God was calling me out of like my office, you know, and back mm-hmm. into my neighborhood, uh, just to get back to a place where I'm just walking with neighbors. Because if I'm going to equip it or point to it or or help it, you know, in any way. Man, I got to experience it, which just goes back to what you're saying. You really can't, you can't really can't learn this unless you do it, right. unless you jump in and participate. And so, when we talk about that, God's given us a life of faith, hope, and love, and we talk about living a life of faith, we don't just mean like in the in the quietness of our hearts or in our heads. Um, like looking at a scenario where we don't know how it's going to pan out and then we're trusting that God's good or we're trusting that, you know, he's got a purpose in this. I think what, I think that a life of faith is connected to our doing as well. Like, man, I'm just going to jump in here on my block in this neighborhood and this tribe uh, with these, with these people that God's given me a love for. I don't know how exactly all this is going to work out, but man, I'm just going to give myself to it and learn along the way. I feel like that's what Jesus did with the disciples. In Luke 6, he calls them. In Luke 9 and 10, he sends them out, right? I think the misnomer is that he disciples them for three years in almost like a classroom kind of like closeness right. in sense. And then in Matthew 28, he's finally sending them out. And it's not, it's not the case at all. It's not We've that at all. have participating all throughout the entirety of, you know, that three years. They're observing. They're listening. They're doing. They're failing. They're, they're seeing some success, you know? And so they, they learn that way. Yeah, I mean, they think
1: about it. They come back from the first journey that he sends them out on. He's God. He knows where this is going. And with some of the rejection that they faced, you know what I mean? They, they come back, and in a sense, it, it's almost like calling for fire and thunder on the people, you know what I mean, that rejected and then rejoicing in like what they accomplished. And, and Jesus is like, hold on a minute. I, I just love that because these are people that walked with him. Mm. But it's in the stumblings, right, that we learn. So stumble away.
0: Yeah. I pulled up an old post of ours on Instagram, which the title said, mission drives dependence, dependence drives discipleship. Just really quick. It's just a paragraph. Um, Mission drives dependence and dependence drives discipleship. There's a God ordained tension in going, hanging, loving, listening, sympathizing, sharing, inviting, discipling. This mission to love and disciple people will expose your brokenness, self-love, inadequacies, and in turn need for God his grace, his truth, and his body. And it will drive your desire to lean, learn from and lean on God and others. There it is. So let's unpack that, right? So if you are
1: listening in right now and you're going, okay, I know that Jesus is, this is who he is and this is what he's done and this is what he's doing. And I know that he's invited me to walk with him in this because, I mean, by all means, if you're a believer, you live in him. So just be natural to walk in the things that he's walking in. What's it mean? What's it practically look like Tomorrow? If you're talking about discipling other people, well, first and foremost, uh, it's about presence. If you're, if you're looking to step in, you're talking about just learning how to just be present with the people that are in and around you. Uh, one of the ways that we often talk about that within the network is this, this invitation to slow down, to just be, right, to be a friend, to be present with the people that you love and care about, to know their stories, to hear their stories, right, to walk with them in these things. This is really what it means to disciple someone. You, uh, one of the things I often said, even at, you know in, in, in times past where I served pastoring, leading in, in large church settings, speaking from the platform, etc., it was in those, those times that I would always remind people that you can inform people from a stage and you can inspire people from a stage, but you cannot impart truth, in my opinion, from a stage. I think that's the, that's the process of discipleship that we definitely see at work in the life of Jesus. He's imparting truth into the people in and around him by being present with them. Hmm. Not by standing far off and just talking about it and then walking away. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm not undermining, you know, the proclamation of good news or, you know, like to inform or inspire someone in something. Okay, cool. But if you're talking about like really imparting truth, you're talking about being present. And Jesus definitely models this for us. I mean, the scriptures right out of the gate. John 1, the word became flesh, right? God became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, this is Jesus. This is right, the incarnational and intentional love of God himself coming down and walking with us, showing us, hey, this is what it looks like. This is where it starts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I think for me, like this is one of the areas that I can tend to uh, forget about. And like presence doesn't always happen naturally and I think inside the church that tends to be true as well like we're like well none of us have any connections or relationships to people outside the church but we fill our schedule up with church activities or whatever it is and are never actually in the same spaces as people who don't know Jesus and so it's you know no big shocker that we wouldn't have those relationships I just think that's easy for that to slide into that in, yeah, uh, church circles. So two things
0: on that, because I think that's so important, Ryan, what you just mentioned. The two things would be, we would say as a network and on this podcast, we're not saying these things are bad, but we do speak honestly about them. And when you have an idea of church, that's um, a lot of activity. There's a lot of events and things on the calendar and you're inviting people into that. Everyone has limited time, very limited time. Yeah, And if if everyone, like you expect or even hope for, if you're putting that version of church in front of people and inviting them to that, just know they have to say no to something in order to say yes to that thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times without knowing it, you can monopolize people's time and you end up driving right past your neighbors to head to a building to go do, you know, the same things with the people who already believe. Another thing is presence is... So it's kind of silly. We have to talk about presence, right? Cause it's like, well, you can't disciple anybody that you don't spend time with, yeah. but it's, it's, it's true. Um, and I, in my experience, just a longevity of presence. And I say longevity just because knowing that uh, we're in a post church, you know, setting post Christian setting, most are skeptical and cynical um, and to earn trust right? To be able to kind of like get into a place where people are really sharing your story or trusting you with their story, it's going to take presence showing up and just being a friend, right? And nothing can help that more than reclaim one to five, just that no strings attached, no agenda, no expectation, love of God, right? Knowing that dude, he's doing the work. It's not up to you.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. That was, that for me was just a real aha moment. In, in, a, in a major shift in the ministry that I was running in that even led to where we are as a network. In, and that was just, man, I know that I got to be present. I know to do that. I got to slow down. But so many of the things that I believe in have been handed about my own need, apparently and the needs of these people pushes me to do everything, but slow down and actually walk with them the way Jesus did, yeah. which is crazy, right? Jesus is present. Jesus slows down with people. Jesus is a friend of sinners, and then you look at the body of Christ, the church, <laughs> it's like we're over three. But yeah, we're walking with him. It's
0: like eh, something's off here. Well, in a lot of ways, I think his presence and his slowing down is what created the tension, like with especially with people like John the Baptist. Dude, are you really the one? Where's the yeah. armies? Where's the training? Where's the collection of swords? <laughs> Where's the, the battle plans? Like you're just eating meals with people, right? That have just like ruined their lives. They're sinners, they're tax collectors, they're prostitutes. And you're just healing lame people who are born blind and like have these like, right. yeah. like no, dude, you're a messiah. You're supposed to be like planning for an epic battle. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then when they finally catch on that you can heal, you stop healing people,
0: <laughs>
1: and now you're just loving them and talking about God's grace in their life, no matter what. And it's like, man, it's it's so good. But but that's a that's at the corner, right? Like that's the cornerstone of this. That's the, that's the heart of it. To to walk in this to disciple others is first and foremost to be present with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's within that that we always say you know, some of the other things, some of these, what we would call like the elements or the functions of discipleship, if you will sort of flow out of that. The next one being listening. It, it's right. It's in our being present. It's, it's in our slowing down to, to be with people that allows us to love them where they are. It allows us to listen to their stories. It, uh, it allows us to celebrate what they're celebrating to, to know what they're struggling with in life. Hmm. It's really hard to know those things about someone apart from being present with them. But the beauty again, going back, but by being present, we can listen and we can right. listen well.
0: So I think there's so much to say about listening. One in a world where everyone is talking and sharing, right? And like social media gives us that, just that simple platform for like everybody to have a voice. Yeah. And especially like with the, you know, in the political realm right now, it just seems like we're just talking past each other and just trading you know, jabs of, you know, hot takes and stuff like that. I think actually, when you form a friendship with someone and you listen and you ask genuine questions, you know, and, or even remember, so if someone's got like a job interview, you know, and you're getting to know someone, you ask them, man, how'd that go? Or, you know, you knew that their niece or somebody was having a surgery and you ask a follow-up question to that. And it just shows people, I think that, you know, you are like genuinely listening to them, not just trying to like fill space in the conversation, but it's attached with, you know, with love, which comes from God. Listening shows that you Love, or I would say listening is a fruit of, you know, love. Um, So, and we're going to get into that a little bit in the future, just like how important love is to this whole process. But listening is definitely important to that. And I think also too, is that truth um, and grace, um, if you, especially if you look at the life of Jesus, they don't ever come in abstract ways or packaged ways. They always meet people right where they are. So the truth and grace comes in terms of how they're seeing the world, how they're seeing God, or how they're interpreting their experience. And then Jesus speaks into those things.
1: Yeah, that, that, that part to me is crucial. Because kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, when you start to see discipleship as this, I, I go and listen to a sermon every week. One, again, you're free to do it, but it's just so devoid of how Jesus actually discipled people. Because every time he speaks, it seems to always be in relation to what he's hearing. He's speaking to what the people are saying and thinking that are in and around him. And, and one of the things we often say as a network that we just believe is true throughout time is adults learn on a need-to-know basis. And when you can hear where someone's at, you can kind of speak to where they are. But if you don't know where they're at, if you don't know what their desire is to know, if you don't know what they're struggling with, then just coming at them with just, you know, various truths, although they may be true and they're not always relevant. Yeah. And so we're not saying that all truth isn't relevant. We're just saying that all truth isn't relevant to everyone where they're at right now. Right. And that is a major distinction.
2: So you're saying if my, my friend uh, is telling me about something going on with his kid, I shouldn't just launch into like a summary of the book of revelation. that's what you're saying?
1: Yeah, something along those lines. Or my favorite one that I did, and never forgot, was a guy opening up to me in a machine shop where I worked early on in my marriage. And uh, I'm a new believer. This guy's sharing about his wife recently leaving him. And I I dive into, well, you know Jesus died and rose from the grave, right? What do Mm. you know about being saved?
0: Mm. (laughs) Yeah, which, like,
1: you can laugh about it, <laughs> not, but if you talk
0: hard about it, it's like your face starts getting red. Oh. Yeah.
1: No, I, I, I failed to listen. And, again, yeah. what I had to share, like, even those points that I just brought up, they're true. They're relevant. All truth is relevant. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't relevant to him where he was right now. He needed to hear about God's grace and presence in the midst of what he was wrestling with. Yeah. And that he himself has been left yeah. by all Good. of us. <laughs> So, so he, he knows abandonment better than any of us and he can identify with you and hear some good news, but yeah. I failed it. So, and you could, and
0: obviously the, the pathway to good news, you know, with that is right there. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, the humility to, you know, to listen and I, I get it, man. I get being so fresh and new in Christ. You're like, dude, I got to get this out. You know, I got to get it all out. Right. Um, I was, I was kind of discipled in a form of, Understanding that was like, well, you need to get like the whole gospel out. Even like a partial gospel is a false gospel, you know. Like, <laughs> like so, so, so crazy, you know, some of that stuff. But yeah, I think that's a great point. I think just one last quick thing on on listening is you see this in Jesus. At times, you don't see it, like with the woman at the well. He's able to like quickly get right to her story, but I just yeah. think that's because he's God <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. Um, and yeah. since we're not the Christ, um, we need to listen.
1: Yeah. He's definitely got a little bit of an advantage over us. Just a little bit. That's where he just jumps straight into a point that he's making. But even in that, what's cool is whether he listened to them or because he's God knew their story, he still speaks to people where they are.
0: Yes. Mm,
1: yeah. Yep. And what, he, what he's saying is relevant to them at this very moment. Yeah. And I think that's cool. That's because. A great way they, of saying it. You're, you're aligning, like, like him, we can align ourselves to the stories, right? That people are, that are writing in their lives right now. Yep. And I, I think that's a, that's a good place to be. And, and what I love is like kind of looking at, okay, we're, we're present with people and we're listening to people, like, but then what? Like, is that it? I mean, do we just love people like that? And I would say no. Um, if, if love is, is anything, it's not silent. A silent lover is a poor lover. <laughs> um, if you never heard right from your spouse <laughs> I think my wife would like me to be more silent <laughs> maybe but if you never heard right from your you know from your spouse like hey I love you and this is what I think about you and right these things who you would you would be a little uh like man I wonder where they're at like like what, are, what do they think what do they feel where do they stand on any of these things yeah and I think it's it's just good for us to hear that and know like That This thing moves, it it continues to progress, and for us, that leads into a place of sharing. Sharing uh, would be that sort of that third element or function of discipleship that we see at work in the life of Jesus, and even at work in the lives of those in the New Testament. Uh, One of the things we say is once someone has really shared an aspect of their story with you, you sort of have an opportunity now to not preach at them, but instead, and this is important, to share a part of your story that connects with theirs. You might not have the same story, right, that they have. You might not have gone through all the things that they've gone through, and we know this. But at the core of all the things that we've all experienced in life, fear, shame, doubt, regret, right, lack of hope, we can all identify with those things in one capacity or another. Yeah. And so there is always sort of a common story that we share with each other just as humans. And so I feel like when, when someone shares with you where they're at, what they're struggling with, what they're looking to, what they're hoping for, whatever the case may be, it doesn't always have to be a, right, um, an upside-down story. It can be a right-side-up thing that they're facing right now. But wherever that, wherever that story is, by listening to it, you have this opportunity to share uh, your own story of, of, of just being in a similar place and what you found to be true about God and His character in that place. Hmm. I just think that's a real important aspect of discipleship that's so different than the, oh, okay, cool. Well, boom. You know what I mean? All of a sudden you start like just hammering away at somebody with a bunch of, you know, scripture references.
0: Right. My favorite story about sharing in light of, you know, other people's, you know, story and connecting stories and getting the good news that way. My favorite one to share is my buddy, Charlie, who I met back in 2012. Um, he knew me kind of knew I was like a person of faith. He was wrestling with some things. Um, I think he was going to like a mainline church in town at the time. And He just came to me like he couldn't shake some bitterness and he shared that, you you know, he kind of trusted me with that. I man, I was just able to just man, be like, yeah, dude, I get that. I struggle with those things too. And then we talked about, right, like the righteousness of God and the anger of God and you know, Um, toward us who've run amok of his world and, you know, said, peace out. We're going to live life on our own terms. We're going to be our own Kings, you know, and, um, but God, you know, in his mercy um, because he wanted to preserve a relationship with us instead of just, you know, exercises, justice and his righteousness, (laughs) aimed it at himself and he absorbed the wrong. He absorbed the sin. Um, And in order for God to forgive in order for us to forgive, you know, someone needs to absorb a wrong man, you can't extend that to someone unless you've experienced that yourself. And I started unpacking good news and he looked right at me. He goes, man, are you sure God's like this? And I'm like, God's like this. So yeah, just a cool story about sharing.
1: Yeah, it's good, man. And it's right. It's always a case by case, you know, situation, Um, whatever it is. One of the things that, that I like to cling to is milk's good. You know, in the scriptures we sometimes can harp on milk, you know, but, Paul says, No, milk's a good thing. It was created by God, and there are milk conversations, which are oftentimes our stories and a lot of other people's stories. In the meat conversations of diving into you know, a deeper look into the scriptures, come later. And it's just, it's sort of this transition of, of, of being present and, and listening and sharing our stories in light of their stories that we start to find ourselves going, All right, let's, let's invite someone into this. Let's, let's invite them to take a step of faith. And what God's doing in their life, what God's showing them right now. Hmm. For some people, that step is to believe in Him, right? To find their identity in Him. For some people it's 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 to believe in Him by also forgiving of what of the wrong, right, that they've they've endured. Or asking someone to forgive them of a wrong that they've that they've caused. I think sometimes it's it's learning to be more generous or to reach out to a neighbor or to to look at their marriage differently, whatever the story is, we know that God's at work in it, and so we're not trying to help fix people as much as we're just inviting them to take a step of faith. Yeah, in what it is that Jesus is showing them right now. Yeah, and that for us, that's the, that's that fourth piece, right? That's that fourth function of discipleship. Is just it's just to yeah. invite.
0: Yeah, it's not like inviting them to ask Jesus into their heart, you know, <laughs> or something no. like yeah. that. It's in in a real genuine way after we share good news, it's inviting them to view themselves, view others and view the world around them in light of that good news you just shared. So going back to my conversation with Charlie, I said, man, what what would, how does that change after hearing that good news? How does that change how you God, how you view yourself and how you view these people who have really hurt you? And man, I saw over the next like few weeks and really pressing into that conversation, how his heart began to change as he stared at, you know, God's boundless love, you know, for him and his brokenness. So I think that's what we mean by inviting, like, dude, what would it look like if that was true? How would you approach this in light of this reckless grace, this love, the way that God has shown himself to this world?
1: And I love even keeping those invitations as simple as think about it. Or write write about it. Or here's one of my favorite ones. Go talk to him about it, man. What? Like, just just talk to him? Like, yeah. Just go talk to the Lord about it. Yeah. I've seen people, right, like start to place faith in Jesus and start talking to him. And they haven't even realized, like, man, I'm believing in God right now. Yeah. So whether it's a believer that's been following him for 30 years or somebody who's right on the fence, it's still the same, right? I'm still going to be present. I'm still going to listen. I'm still going to share my story of how God showed up in my life and the good news of him, right? In light of your story. And I'm still going to invite you to take a step of faith in what the Lord's showing you, what he's saying to you. It's, it's the story he's writing in your life Mm -hmm. that I'm inviting you to walk in, not what I think you should go and do.
0: Yeah. And those are two different things. And isn't it funny that in just saying, go talk to him about it. We come to our last Function of discipleship, which is teaching, we're teaching them right to walk in a life of dependence, and so even in the invitation, right, you're like we're teaching them what it means to really like walk with God in this joyful dependence, a life of faith, a life of hope, a life of of love. So it's it's man, it's all, and it's all kind of like really connected.
1: It is connected. I mean, even, and it ties back even to the passage that, you know, we've been framing all this out of from our last podcast, Matthew 28, 20, when Jesus says to, you know, as you were going disciple, right, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all that I've commanded. Teaching them to observe all that he commanded is teaching them to walk with him. I mean, if you've listened to anything on our podcast, if you've been diving into the last episodes into these really critical truths of our identity in Christ and how our salvation and sanctification is a work of grace by Him and by Him alone, then you're not reading that passage and going, yeah, man, and now I got to teach them to pull up those bootstraps and go make it happen or else. Or
0: I better start whipping out 40-minute messages next time we meet over coffee. Yeah, and sometimes like we even hand people, like, well, this is what this means. You need to start reading your Bible every morning at 6 a.m., and you need to start
1: praying for 30 minutes. And we come up with these laws that, that, that we don't see right, in the Scriptures. We, we see an invitation to pray if the Lord leads. We see an invitation to give. We see an invitation to a number of things. But all that can be summarized in teaching people to wait on the Spirit, right, to watch for where that Spirit is at work, and to walk in the fruit that He bears, this is the life that God has given us. This is the journey before us. And we can rest as we learn to enjoy and extend these things, even as, we, as we're learning to walk in it ourselves. Yeah. So to, to disciple people is to be present, right? It, it's to listen well. It's to share our stories of God's grace in light of their stories. It's to invite them to take steps of faith, hope, and love, in the things that the Lord's showing them. And then just coming alongside of somebody and just teaching them to wait, watch and walk and what the Lord does as he does it. It's really spooky, simple. It's not easy, but again, it is simple.
0: And the only way you're going to learn it is by jumping in and giving it a go, man.
1: There it is. So if that's you and you're listening in, amen, please know that we're, uh, we're here and we are available. And if there's anything we love, it's to, come alongside of people who want to step into the things of jesus so until next time see ya